Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And this week, we're we're taking a trip down the Nile to discuss death on the Nile. We're talking the Oscar hosts, and uh, maybe maybe we'll fire up a, a few Super Bowl trailers. But I first want to introduce my two guests for this evening. They're both making their very first appearance on the latest guys do you do you do you want to introduce yourselves don't don't be shy it feels like it feels like it's up to you no, you can go this is this is an open space this this is not this is this is a freer space than even the joe rogan podcast well for saying those those ground rules uh daniel feingold pleasure to be here thanks yes. for having me and i'm noah richard great to be here so guys, we're we all went and saw Death on the Nile last night, which means you're the only people in my life that I know who have seen Death on the Nile, which means that you needed to be on this episode. Yeah, it was a great Valentine's Day date, honestly. Weird weird how Kenneth was not expecting until like we were like 75% through that movie and I was like, okay, so Kenneth Brano basically just made this this is his Valentine's Day movie. Like how how many monologues about like what love is? do you think you you counted in that movie it was the entire movie it lasted from the beginning to the end the moral of the story of the movie is love I mean, and how much it sucks right but you got to do it in like a puro boy love is like a shoe and you put it on your foot obviously this movie was not intended to be released on valentine's day or around valentine's day and yet here we are and it seems to work perfectly but yet how fitting that it it, it came and I, I kind of wanted to, like, at one moment, I guess this is maybe a, a mild spoiler. There's where two two characters die in a passionate murder-suicide, and I just kind of wanted to out loud in our theater just be, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. It just it just felt felt kind of and the, appropriate. And the four other people in the theater would have really appreciated that. Also, this book came out in, like, what, the 40s? I don't think we can do a spoiler on this. It's so, the same plot. Okay, so we're gonna. So I'm glad we're gonna apply the same rules that I've done on this show for like you know when we're talking about Shakespeare and stuff very heavily based off Shakespeare. Um, I don't know that we have to get too much into the details of what happens at Death on the Nile, but this is obviously based off of the famed Agatha Christie murder mystery novel. Did did Daniel? I feel like you'd seen Murder on the Orient Express, the previous Brana agatha christie adaptation did did you like it i didn't actually not see, i did not actually see it well, i was just I, it? I, it was just it was just very present in that time of my life because of the pr and the work that i was doing at the time um i was just very aware of the movie but right. i never saw it and i feel like interestingly that cast looking back at that cast it was actually more star-studded than this one that's what I was thinking. There's really only like I feel like the biggest stars in this one, Brana, who's of course directing and starring as Hercule Poirot, the like eccentric detective at the center, and then we have Gal Gadot. We'll talk about Army Hammer. <laughs> um, well, like, and his star was really rising. That I mean, it was shot like <laughs> right after "Call Me by Your Name." So like he put a lot of money into Army Hammer for have him falling off the boat. Oh, also, I thought you were making a a clear joke of like his star is really rising at this this oh, moment. Oh no, he's clearly probably the 
the the thing that's aged the worst about oh, this movie in real time. Well, at the time of production, yeah, he was his star, a big star and then yeah. Gal Gadot. They were riding that Wonder Woman wave, right? And then we have Letitia Wright, who is maybe going to be the next Marvel star. We'll see if we'll table that answer until Black Panther two comes out, if it ever comes out. And Russell Brand, Russell is, Brand is sort of in it, and and Annette Bening, who I thought Annette Bening was. She is the person who it feels like is on like the right wavelength of like ridiculousness. Right. She knew she knows movie. what movie she's in. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I agree with you, Daniel, or I, I guess not agree with you because I have seen the movie, but I, I would not say I'm a fan of the, the murder on the Orient Express, like a very long kind of sluggish movie. Do you, how do you guys feel about like this genre of movie, the, the kind of celebrity cast murder parlor mystery movie which i feel like is, is kind of like an old tried and true genre of hollywood even the, even this book has been adapted before i think i told you guys over the weekend i watched the version of this that came out in the 70s which even still has like a big cast like mentioned like mia farrow's in that one and it's like a couple other like downton abbey people who are in that one but it's it's okay um, but I, how do you feel about like the murder mystery genre, this, this like murder parlor mystery specifically? Oh, I am a big fan. So my favorite movie of all time is Clue, but I want it to be campier. Like right. this movie, Death on the, on the Nile took itself too seriously. I went in thinking of it as a comedy and that's why I enjoyed it, but it was far too serious for me, but I like them. They're fun. Like, I like the whodunits. It's just not as good as Knives Out or, or Clue or even like, you know, Murder by Death. Yeah. After seeing the movie, one of you made the point of just it being straightforward and mm -hmm. waiting for just Kenneth Branagh to reveal all. So right. there, there's really not the, – the stakes are not really there. No. Because you're just waiting to be told, okay, here's what happened, and it goes beat by beat. He's going to interrogate – one character after another until he finally tells us what happened. And I, I think it's interesting because obviously we have knives out that is right. part of our lives. And that is really bumping up against these Ag Agatha Christie adaptations at the same time. And so knives out really is kind of the foil to these movies where it's like, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously. We're right. going to have a lot of fun with it. You may not exactly know what's going on until, you know, uh, Whereas this, it's it's very much standard. Right. The plot's pretty straightforward. Like, you probably know who did it, even if you didn't read the book, from, like, the first, like, what, 15 minutes. It's not that hard to figure out. But, like, it's an Agatha Christie book. You can't really change the plot. And the books were great, but books don't always translate into great movies. Yeah, I think the Knives Out comparison is interesting. I, I have to credit um, film critic Katie Walsh, who I think mentioned, like, Knives Out is sort of to this genre what like Scream was to the slasher genre. It is the movie that is like deconstructing this whole genre and sort of blowing up all the conventions and flipping it on its head. And while I would say like, I actually think this Death on the Nile adaptation is maybe like a hair more entertaining and engaging than like the murder on the Orient Express was, which I found like, I I'm pretty sure that was a movie I almost fell asleep in a couple times, even at the press screening. And, but I don't think Brana's film is done any justice by coming like a couple years after Ryan Johnson was kind of able to 
reinvent the genre and kind of play around with the aspects of it that are maybe a little cliched and that people kind of know and expect and be able to find a way to reinvent it and make it modern. And then also has a sequel to it coming out this year that it feels like this, this movie is like, yeah, can you, can you get out of the way? I'm just waiting for the better movie to come along. And just days after we got the first footage of knives out Two, how little it may have been still just the timing is just interesting. Um, Obviously I, I believe this was supposed to come out in, late 2019 early 2020 yeah Uh, it was finished production in december i think of 2019 okay so this has been this has been shelved for quite a while yes i think a victim of both the disney merger and the obviously the coronavirus pandemic um and army hammer do we so this is really a movie where should we should unpack the cast i think a bit about it i Um, think your sales pitch of the movie is probably the the best it has going maybe and they really should have leaned into this more all your favorite canceled celebrities or partially canceled celebrities i feel like that that makes it a lot more appealing than just hey it's the sequel to that movie you may remember from 2017 right um yeah because obviously gal gal gadot with her imagine video and I mean, we don't have to get too into the weeds of the 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 quote unquote internet controversies of of some of these people. And Letitia Wright, it seems, has made some comments about vaccines on Twitter that have gotten some pushback. And um, I I oh, let's let's just r- unveil the elephant in the room and talk about Army Hammer, who it seems like has fully been booted out of Hollywood at this point for. I'm still not quite sure what he did, but it seems bad enough that it, that like no one clearly wants to work with him or is associated with him. How I've I've heard varying degrees of what people felt kind of watching him in this movie. Did did it for you guys personally? Did it like ruin the experience? Was it just sort of like more awkward, or was it just the sort of like oh well that's that's unfortunate for everyone in this movie that there's like someone who maybe is uh that i don't, I don't know i don't <laughs> i don't want to be sued I some someone who maybe did some unsavory things and seems right. like a pretty unsavory human being it sounds like in private life i i was trying to think of the word of how i felt watching him and i wouldn't say uncomfortable or even awkward just just weird yeah it was a little weird that that would be it for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the camp that's still kind of bummed that Army Hammer turned out to be a bad guy because I really liked him. You and my sister like very, very high in the Army Hammer camp yeah, and just yeah. got that that rug pulled out from under. You. Yeah, it was um quite disappointing. But like, I think with it being such an ensemble cast, a lot of the focus is not on him to begin with. And so you kind of forget about him until he the you know the last few scenes where he's pretty prominent yeah and he is kind of playing a like slimy despicable character who even like even early on in the movie you're a little like i don't know this 
this this guy's kind of a gold really early on in the movie you're just like what the (laughs) hell is happening i mean it should be mentioned the first scene we see of army hammer is like i feel like the word dry humping is even like an understatement to like what he's doing with like another one of the female characters in in the movie like it's sex on the dance floor yes it is it goes to places Patrick Swayze and the rest of the cast of Dirty Dancing only wish they could have gone to. It also is not a role that would have been easy to just simply recast and no. film over, considering how large the cast is and how, right. even though he may not be as prominent of a figure as other characters in this movie, right. you still have him in so many scenes with so many other people right. that to simply recast or do some kind of CGI would have been really i mean they the other option would have just simply been to not release the movie yeah which i don't i mean there's probably too much money tied to to do that and you know you mentioning not being able to cut him out like the example of this people always go to is the kevin spacey all the money in the world but people forget that like that character is only in like one is only in like a couple scenes and is pretty much confined to like one set with only a couple other cast members. And here it's a huge ensemble and maybe, maybe we can talk about how it clearly looks like they didn't shoot. They shoot this in Africa. and It looks very like glossy CGI. Like we're in front of a green screen at all moments, but there's clear. Braun is clearly doing a lot from a technical point of view and is like very deliberate in the shots he's making, even if they look kind of ugly yeah. at times that I, I, that I, I could see that as another very challenging bit of like, no, th- these are very like precisely composed shots with like the camera moving around. And there's a lot of different people in moving pieces and like bits of glass that are going like in between people as they're talking and you can't just sort of like, swipe someone out or easily reshoot those bits i the so the movie starts with like this random prologue before it even gets started for about five seconds like is this a 1917 like reboot i like it was like this long tracking shot into the trenches and i was just like what are they doing here it was like the most random thing but also that was probably the most visually you know okay part of the movie because i thought it looked terrible and also i thought the sound editing was kind of bad on it too there were yeah. lots of like mic and sound issues that were popping up yeah this movie was fully shot in the uk which was not the intent and i don't know why it ended up being that way because yeah. obviously this was shot before covid right um so they do an okay job can all things considered that this yeah. was not shot anywhere on location right I know shooting on boats is notoriously hell, but also like, I, I, I don't know. There's like the seventies version that I mentioned, like they very clearly like went to Africa and are in Africa and in Egypt. And I, I can see how it would maybe be easier for Brana to try and pull off some of the, the visual stuff he does in this movie. And like, being able to, oh, I can build like a precise set and move the camera around different, um, you know, different rooms on the boat and up different stairwells and stuff that you couldn't just do on a real boat. But I do kind of miss like, especially for a movie like this, where I think I read he clearly did shoot a lot of this in like 70 millimeter and like intended it to be kind of like IMAX big scale, but 
if you're going to do that, like, I would rather get, like, the vastness of actual, like, Egypt and the pyramids instead of have it look like everyone's just standing in front of a green screen the entire time and have it have this, like, glossy, like, fake Instagram filter look to it. Yeah, if you're going to do it, then go all in. Yeah. Don't, don't give me this kind of, we have to not spend money. Right. <laughs> you're, you're... At, I guess at the time, 20th Century Fox, then yes. now you're Disney. I think you're you're going to be fine. So either either do it or don't. Yeah. So two kind of random questions in regard to this movie. For first of all, would would you want another? Do you would you want this now that this is in the hands of Disney and our Disney overlords get to theoretically make the decision on whether to continue the Agatha Christie expanded universe? Do you do you want more of? Brana in this character and getting like a big cast of people together or just maybe leave leave this up to Ryan Johnson and Brana can make like Belfast 2 dreams come true or something. I I don't think I mean it's not it's clearly not up to us. I think we're going to get one regardless. Um it did fine at the box office all yeah. things considered. So I I feel like they will make another one. Um this yeah. also seems to be the kind of movie that people enjoy and and are looking to see more of because we do have two different series at the same time two different franchises at the same time right um that said we are going to get at least three knives out movies right probably more i get maybe not from ryan johnson but that yeah. that series <laughs> yeah. will continue um so i don't particularly care to see more of it no but that doesn't mean we won't continue getting them as long as they make money, they will make more. As long as, as long as, specifically for this series, as long as Kenneth Branagh is game to do it, and it seems like he's enjoying it. Yeah, this seems like his. He's found his little like. Here's my franchise that I can do and be kind of. I have to imagine he's enjoying kind of hamming it up with like the ridiculous mustache, which we get an origin story for, and like assembling kind of an old-fashioned movie that's like, I'm going to get a bunch of stars together and we're going to theoretically be in an exotic location even though it looks like you're on a soundstage, basically, and there'll be a crime and I'll have to solve it by the end. But it'll mostly just be like a, a, a party in an exotic location with movie stars and he can be a goofy cartoon character. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind a third if they kind of played it up more. Like, I feel like... Brent out knew what he was in. Like he kind of played to the back row. Annette Benning played to the back row. And like not everyone did. For me, if it was a little bit more campy or a little bit more like on the nose, I would be more game to see a third. Yeah. I would say Kenneth Branagh certainly knows the character and knows what movie he's in. He's the one making the movie. Right. So it's interesting to see that not everyone on the cast is at that same level right. but the the movie succeeds the most when he is kind of doing the most kenneth branagh kind of almost yes. tenant like performance <laughs> where he he's just going all in he really is enjoying just being a ham these i i forgot how over the top he is with his like russian accent and tenant yeah it's also the only performance that you can audibly hear throughout the movie that's but true that's, that's another story that's true um do you think this i mean it sounds like i think we all thought the movie was like okay it's not great but it's not i've I've seen some people mention online like 
oh, is this movie going to kill Brana's like Oscar chances with like, is this going to be for him? Like what Norbit was for like, that was considered like Eddie Murphy lost his Oscar chances because Norbit came out and people were like, well, that's a shithole. Well, we're not rewarding this guy. This is clearly not an artist, even though we love Eddie Murphy on the show, but I, I don't, I don't, uh, do you guys maybe like, do you agree with that take at all? I think that's a, after having seen the movie, I kind of don't buy it, but it was a little easy to get into the hype when people were making fun of like Gal Gadot talking about throwing champagne in the Nile on Twitter all weekend. I was going to make that comparison. Like, is is there is there a a comparison to make about uh, directors? getting yes. pushed out of the mix because of a bad movie that follows a, a really great movie. Yeah. I don't think that's the case here. No. I I find that discussion interesting. I don't think it's real. I don't I think it's going to I argue they're about the same quality. I'm I'm not the biggest Belfast person. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I think I think the the quality of movies is, is different. I think my enjoyment level may mm-hmm. not be that varied no. between the two, but yes. Um, no, I don't. I don't think this hurts his chance. It's, it, this movie is not egregious or offensive in any. You know, be, be, besides yeah. some of besides some of the the acting in it, maybe or just the cast that you know he couldn't really control in in hindsight. So um, his performance, his directing, I don't think takes anything away from his chances of winning an Oscar. No. Well, speaking of Oscars, I know you two are both big Oscar aficionados like I am. And we've gotten some news on what the show is going to be like. We had a very heated discussion over dumplings last night at dinner before we went to go see death on the Nile. Um, Now it's official. The rumors have been confirmed. We have three Oscar hosts this year and it's Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall and Amy Schumer. Um, Guys, do you think America's back in? Do you think the Oscars have 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 fully won over everyone? We're gonna it's gonna be the highest rated television program of the year. <laughs> We're back. We the did silence it. Is we did really, it. Uh... So this is uh, just stating the obvious. This is just the most random selection they could have made, and three hosts doesn't necessarily mean better than one or no. not. I mean, the, this is, this is a, a random grouping of, of people um, where I, I was never high on doing the three hosts of Selena Gomez and her co-stars. Yeah, Martin, Martin Short, Short and, and C- Mar- Yeah. Right. You know, Martin Short, Steve Martin, at least, Gomez, yeah. at least they are together in something. Yes. This is just a complete random smattering of talented people who are funny but have no correlation yeah. and, and also do not advance movie culture anyway, do not speak to movie culture, I guess, right. besides Regina. Good for I, all I of love them. Regina Hall and would love to see just her do it. Yeah. And she has a really fun energy and, you know, is still in TV shows and stuff. I, the, the, no offense to Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer, that just felt like pulling random people out of like like Amy Schumer I feel like was at the sort of unless she's gearing up for a comeback was at like the height of her that would have been a cool bold choice like six years ago 
Yeah, right. like like the year that she made Trainwreck or something. Right. But I'm not even convinced that Wanda, Regina, and Amy have even like texted each other at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like ABC just went to them individually and said, hey, do you want to – host the Oscars they said yes and they were like psych all three of you are doing yes, it all three, all three are doing it at the same time or or like they you know that that one thing where you like text someone to hang out and then like they aren't quite sure if they make it or you know you text like three people to hang out and you or you like text three people to go on a date or something like that and everyone kind of agrees so then you got to be like oh all right so these like three random friends we're, we're all gonna hang out together or something and that kind of seems it kind of seems like they just sent out the invites and like expected like all right whichever one says yes and then they all said yes and then now it's like oh um cool so um amy meet wanda and uh wanda meet amy and this is regina and yeah just we're going to put you guys in a room for a bit and just come up with some jokes. All right. See you in a month. I would love to see the list that the Academy had compiled yeah. of options and how this ended up happening. Um, Cause apparently Steve Martin, Martin short and Selena Gomez, like apparently there's a rumor that that they were reached out, but there was like a scheduling conflict. And I've also heard John Hamm was another name thrown i it, it just sounds like a bunch of other like this was sort of like these three were sort of like again no like total offense to them but it seems like the randomness of it was a lot of people said no for them to get to them on the list there's probably like a list of a hundred people that are just like crossed out because they said no freaking way yeah well, someone made a point and, and forgive me for forgetting who it was it was i believe some entertainment reporter or columnist bringing up i think a very good point that why would you not have a host selected months in advance right. and they would be able to then promote the show in any interview they talked about say you had tom holland during his entire time doing press for spider-man talking about hey i'm hosting the oscars also the obvious scheduling conflicts if that's going to be an issue which it's right. always going to be why would you not select someone and i'm wondering if they are a little I guess, gun shy over selecting someone and then having that person be lightly or fully canceled in between the selection and the actual show. Obviously, there was the controversy with Kevin Hart from before, oh, and that, maybe they yeah. feel a little snake bitten from that and are a little worried. But it, it would be like, to make a, a sports reference, it would be like finding out who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl and then announcing who's going to be performing at the halftime show. And no, yeah. they select the halftime performers pretty far in advance right. because of all the scheduling and you want the PR built up. So I understand you have the nominees come out, you get that publicity, and then you announce the host. But with people who are in Hollywood who are constantly, you're not going to get The Rock last minute. Right. Tom Holland's probably going to be busy. Selena Gomez is busy. Right. So you are left with Tom picking... Holland's got to promote, uh, what's the Mark Wahlberg movie? His, Uncharted? Uh, yeah, his the video Indiana game Jones movie. Knockoff? Right. Yeah. Um, it is not an Indiana Jones knockoff. It is it yeah. is a video game adaptation um, that I'm sure will be amazing. Um, we'll, we'll see in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, that will be the next podcast. Um, so I just I, I'm curious, you know, did, who else did they reach out to? Did they did they ask Rachel Zegler? She can sing, she can dance, she's funny. People like her. I watch that. Right, people people will tune in to see Rachel Zegler. Could they have asked Jennifer Hudson? She was not nominated. 
what is she doing? Is she going to be at the is she yeah. gonna be at the ceremony? Could she have done it? Well, if I'd be her, I'd be a little bit bitter, but that's <laughs> right. That too. But even even someone as obvious and maybe boring as like a Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. you at least get that publicity on his show, and it's right. the ABC synergy, right? And I also feel like having three hosts is now just going to make the show longer because you have to let them all get their stuff in. And I, yeah. at the same time, though, I also feel like we're only going to see them together maybe at the very beginning of the show in the opening act and at the very end and then spread out throughout the show. They will each be doing their own things. That that makes sense. The other development that I, w- I don't think we discussed last night that I wanted to float by you guys, apparently there is going to be a a twitter's choice award where the oscars are going to let the the twitterverse vote on what was what was twitter's favorite movie of 2021 no way that can backfire at all um and then they will reveal the i I guess what's meant to, to on paper be like this is the the people's choice and what you know I, I guarantee you this is going to backfire in some way. Like I'm waiting for just like some weird, like alt-right, like Ben Shapiro produced video, like actually gets the, the most signatures in. But like, it seems like theoretically this is them trying to be like, okay, we'll get a Spider-Man acknowledgement during the the episode, but we don't want to actually acknowledge Spider-Man. And Aside from this being, I think, like a dumb idea that is probably going to backfire on them in some ways. Like, I'm just so baffled at why the show, the show is trying to be two things that it can't be at the same time. It's trying to both say, like, we want to celebrate the best in in cinema. And I think for the most part with the nominees this year, like, pick some pretty respectable nominees, but also wants to be like, we want to be uh the center of culture be but movies are not really the center of culture anymore like like when a big event movie like spider-man comes out a lot of people see it but like going to the movies week after week that's not the same thing as like what people did in the 90s um and whereas like movie going culture was just like a thing you did and like oh there's a movie with I'll check out this horror movie this weekend or, Oh, I like this actor. I'll just go see them in this. It needs to be a big event. And so the Oscars is trying to both be the center of something that doesn't exist anymore. And now I I don't know, there's just something about them wanting to do this Twitter thing. That's them kind of unintentionally shooting themselves in the knee by saying like, it's sort of like them telegraphing on television. Like, Hey, here's the, here's the thing everyone actually cares about which is then selling short all the other movies that they're then trying to prop up at the same time be like, but these are important. And at a certain point, I'm just like, just, I would rather them take this show and be able to say like, here's some great movies. If you haven't seen them, here's how you can watch them and why you should watch them. Instead of now it feels like to try and get eyeballs on the show. They're trying to say, sort of be like, Oh, sorry guys. We know we don't, we know you no one saw these movies and no one likes them. Even though that might not be true. Like people might like some of these movies and are trying to be like, okay, here's the thing everyone actually likes. Ha ha ha. Yeah, we can't nominate the popular movie or something like that. I, I don't know. Am I, am I going crazy a bit with this? They, they already, they tried this a few years ago with 
introducing a popular category and they immediately reverse course because it was a bad idea Mm -hmm. and so this is just saying we're going to try that again except who can get the most like twitter hashtags or we're gonna put up a poll i don't even know how it vote how it works which is maybe bad podcasting by me but of of, it doesn't matter that's the thing though it doesn't matter it's just it's just it's a way for them to give a lip service to like saying oh hey we this is the thing everyone's been talking about but also like it's not I don't, I don't know it just sort of drives me crazy that i think they're trying to do it in order to draw an audience that's never going to come back to the show but and by doing that they're sort of undercutting the one thing that they're also trying to like entail or the keep keep as part of their show the- so like prestige element of it the audience that is going to vote for their favorite movie on twitter is going to find out who wins on twitter they're not tuning into the broadcast (laughs) right and that's also i think my main issue with picking three hosts that i don't think anyone is going to particularly tune in to see no i think even if you don't like tom holland or if you are sick of lin-manuel miranda in your life and he's kind of in the in the james corden (laughs) camp I like I'm going to tune into the Oscars anyway, but would I tune in specifically to see if if Lin Manuel Miranda is entertaining or unbearable? Absolutely, and I think a lot of people would tune in mm-hmm. to see Lin Manuel Miranda. Is it going to move the needle greatly? I don't think they'll ever get back to the numbers that we saw even 10, 15 years ago. No. But yes, at the same time, doing this is shooting themselves in the foot or the knee because yeah. you are at the same time doing a disservice to the movies that you were trying to prop up by saying, oh, we know these are not the ones that you may have actually seen or you may right. really like, so we're going to let you vote on Twitter. Either commit to it or don't. Yeah. Either, yeah. yeah. I saw on Twitter when the nominations came out, someone was really mad about Lady Gaga not getting nominated for Best Actress, and someone was like, it's the Oscars. It's not the People's Choice Award. It's like, they have that already. You don't need to introduce that yeah. into it. Or, and 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 this this that also feeding into the thing I was talking about of like, cool. Why don't you check out the other five nominees that are really good? Also, or, you know, four of them I think are really good. <laughs> also, is Lady Gaga available to host? She she could. I Let mean, could, she, I, a I Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think Adam Driver would dare go on that stage. <laughs> I, I'd be fine with a mean Ellen hosting at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. I again just pick make celebrities be at your big event i i just i i don't get it yeah it 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 doesn't make sense at all um let's maybe shift a little bit from the doom doomsday of the oscars which it seems like is getting worse and worse by by the moment excited for the show but also it seems like the show is actively playing into its own (laughs) self-destruction Um, Super Bowl happened. And so I thought a funny way to wrap up this week was I'm just going to rapid fire through some, some Super Bowl trailers or just some movies that are coming out. And you guys can give whatever thoughtful or hilarious or honest reactions to them you might want. Because hashtag content. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, Super Bowl trailers are just as important as Super Bowl ads, and people freak out about those. So, And definitely more important than the actual Super Bowl itself. 
Oh, that's just my opinion. Sorry. Does does anyone? Okay, so speaking of ads, this is like a total segue. Like this, this is more a, a me throwing out a conversation for three friends to have. I think it's a little weird that like we as a like even if you're not gonna watch this, this is this is the point I got to at the Super Bowl this year. I was like, I don't, I'm not gonna watch the game. I'm not invested in the game. And then there's a little bit of me that was like culturally, I, I'm saying I should watch it at least to watch the commercials. And then I stopped for a minute, and maybe for the first time in my life, was like, "Why am I going to make a whole evening out of watching fucking ads? Like, why? Why? That, like, it, how? How much does consumerism destroy my brain? That is like, you know what? You know how I'm going to spend my evening? I'm going to crack open a beer and I'm going to watch Ford commercials for four hours. Well, it's also interesting. And this is a whole another discussion to have, but these ads are all on, for the most part, on YouTube days if not weeks before the super bowl so you can you can access them without have without watching the super bowl and even if they're not on before the super bowl you can find them on youtube immediately after yes. so it is it is it's more i think just a tradition at this point of oh even if i'm not interested in the game i want to see the ads the spectacle of it all let me tune into it even though that's you don't need to for really the last 10 years or so since YouTube has been in existence, right. you really don't have to do that, but it does bring you back to, I don't know, early two thousands when you had, you know, what 20.com commercials. And now we just have crypto commercials, but it's now, like, who's going Larry to show David up in this tells, right. tells me about crypto, right? Who's going to show up in this crypto commercial? How many celebrities are going to be in this one? Will never not be as funny as the the first time that I saw the Matt Damon crypto commercial in a movie theater, and the the just build up of like, what is this? And then at the end when like the the crypto logo came up and everyone in the theater laughed all at once. <laughs> um. So first one I want to throw out. Get your opinions. Nope. The Jordan Peele movie. Briefly talked about it a few weeks ago on when we did a. Uh, 2022 preview on this episode mentioned not knowing anything about it other than who's in it still don't really know what it's about i think it's about aliens maybe and i i love that about the trailer in that i I think it just it feels like jordan peele has creative control over what's going to be in the preview or the Mm -hmm. trailer um because you get a sense of the aura of the movie without knowing anything that's going on in the movie you don't feel like you it's two minutes long. You don't feel like you just saw the entire movie. It makes you want to see the movie. It accomplishes what it sets out to do. And I love that because like you said, I think it's about aliens. I don't know. Do I want to see it and find out? Absolutely. It could just be about clouds that suck people up on a ranch. That's some kind of alien force. Sure. I, <laughs> I'm down to say, I still don't know what it's about either. It's, but it's, it's a, doing a good job of just like getting the hype. And after a night, not knives out, but after um, Get Out and um, Us and Us, the one with the scissors. I mean, I think everyone's down to go see a third. I'll, I'll be interested if he. It seemed like there was so much hype going into Us. Like it was one of those classic examples of like someone who has a like really beloved hit movie, and then the follow up is a little bit more ambitious, and the the hype is so high that when people go in, there's like a lot. I I remember us being divisive, but I wonder if like people went back and revisited it or when this one comes out, there's maybe a little bit of, of the the waters have cooled a little bit 
So now people can like more warmly embrace and kind of give his movies their due. Cause I do remember people like having their knives or scissors out for, for us of just like their expectations were so high and any like slightly th- little thing that didn't make sense about that movie. People were just like garbage, terrible. Jordan Peele should stop making movies. If you need any, I guess, pick me up about us, just watch it again for Lupita Nyong'o's performance. Yeah. And seeing it a second time, knowing how it ends and knowing the twist and just She's washing your best actress yeah, that year. <laughs> washing yourself in, in her amazing performance. Like it's just, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Do- Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Absolutely. Okay. Sam Raimi, give it to me. I'm, is Sam Raimi the like biggest name director that Marvel has looped in? Nor- normally they like to go for like the, I had a like fairly well liked indie hit at Sundance and I'm looking to kind of cut my teeth in Hollywood a little bit. Like Sam, Sam Raimi's like, I can't think of the last Sam Raimi movie that I really love. Didn't he make a Wizard of Oz movie? What is that his last movie? I, I just we're going full circle now because you know the 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 two thousand started with his Spider Man movies, right? And he has now come back around. And I those Spider Man movies those are I mean Tobey Maguire is my Spider Man, same. So, but this Marvel Cinematic Universe is completely different from the format, the style of his Spider Man right. movies. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out because ultimately it's still an MCU movie. It's still a Kevin Feige movie. So it's going to have that feel to it. But I am very curious to see how much of a Sam Raimi-esque movie it does feel like. The trailer, I think, is, again, brilliantly crafted. I just love it when you have uh, evil Benedict Cumberbatch show up towards the end. Um, I I, I can't wait for that that movie. Yeah, I... And and I'll even be interested to see because, granted, whenever Marvel says this, I kind of like call BS on it. Like like it's it's sort of similar to when uh, I forget if it was either like it might have been both Civil War and Winter Soldier, but they were like this is like a Cold War spy movie, and it's about the American industrial military complex and stuff. And then you go see it and you're like, this is kind of just, this is not like three days of the condor. This is, or the parallax of you or whatever they were comparing it to. They were like, this is just like pretty fun Captain America movie. And they're kind of insinuating that like, Oh, this Dr. Strange is going to be kind of like the Marvel horror movie. And so there's part of my brain that's like, I don't know. I'm calling a little BS on this. I think this will just kind of like, feel like every other Marvel movie, but also like Sam Raimi's the evil dead guy. So maybe bringing someone like him on, you get like a little bit more of that, like gonzo horror feel. Um, I don't know. Noah, are you excited to see Dr. Strange? Are you hoping Bronco Henry from (laughs) power of the dog is going to show up too? That'd be a weird crossover, but sure. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Doctor Strange are some of my favorite parts of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then if you loop in um, Wanda, um, but um, and Scarlet Witch, like yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't feed me this kind of it's it's something other than a wizard and a witch doing magic. Yeah. Going from wizards to dinosaurs, 
how do we feel about the the end of the quote unquote end to the Jurassic Park saga era, whatever they're calling it? Jurassic per- Park Dominion. The dinosaurs are out of the park. They're in the real world. My hope for this movie is that Chris Pratt gets eaten in the first like 10 minutes and then it, it becomes Laura Dern's movie and I'll be happy. I want Laura Dern to take like a pullout chair and like smack a velociraptor. Here, here's the other thing. Like Laura Dern and Sam Neill, like Chris Pratt has like a pet velociraptor, right? What do you think the odds are? Cause I guess we are kind of, I assume everyone's seen this trailer, right? Like Laura Dern, Sam Neill and Goldblum are all coming back for this one. What, what do you think the odds are? I don't remember Sam Neill having like the warmest relationship between velociraptors and those two movies he's in what what do you think the relationship is that are the chances that chris pratt's like yo this is blue and sam neil like straight up pulls out a pistol and shoots that velociraptor dead it's still a family movie right uh i don't know i I sense some some lofty ambition (laughs) with this to be like it's about dinosaurs but it's it's really about the nuclear family and how we can we all form our own families, including <laughs> interspecies ones. The Jurassic World trailers have all been pretty well done, and I'm sure it'll be entertaining. The second one was not good. I think that's that's widely uh, a, an acceptable viewpoint. Yeah, I I lo- dearly love the first Jurassic Park movie. I don't think they've I don't think they've ever figured. There's a really good YouTube video by this guy named Patrick. H. Willems that kind of like explains how weird it is that like they've never been able to like fully crack like a great Jurassic Park sequel and like I think two through four all have like entertaining bits in them but all kind of like you can feel those movies sort of like contorting themselves in weird time in real time to try and like weirdly find a way to sort of like justify their existence of like yeah, this is why like people went back to the island, even though it was like a terrible decision that like and the government totally lopped it off and said they killed all the dinosaurs, but really they didn't. And da 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 da. But I do remember Daniel, you mentioning like the fifth one. Yeah, whatever the last one, the one at the volcano and where they like auctioned off the di. That's the one where like I left the theater and was like, we need we need to stop. Some someone needs to barge into the someone needs to call Steven Spielberg on the phone and be like, You that we need to stop this. This has gone too far now. Yeah, that's that's the one where you you start looking at your phone kind of three quarters of the way into the movie and you're right. like, How much is left of this? That's that's the one where a series built on the concept of what if scientists brought dinosaurs back manages to somehow jump the shark <laughs> beyond like audience believability. Yeah, I just I guess I'm excited for this in that it may be the final chapter until they decide to make more of them. Yeah. Um, I'm always, I'm always game for the conclusion. And I, I say that sincerely, Sure. At, even, even not as a huge Jurassic park fan, like you may have been growing up. So, right. um, but yeah, I mean, even thinking of like, think of like star Wars episode three, was it the greatest movie? No. Did I enjoy seeing the conclusion to a story that they had been building for years? Absolutely. Okay. I will say the idea of what if the dinosaurs got off the island and were just roaming around in the real world 
that's that's the best sequel idea that they've ever like i can't believe they didn't like go to that well before now i believe that's the rocks movie rampage based on the popular based on the popular video game yes (laughs) um last one i guess to mention deep water it's coming i've been praying for it every night I put my little Mickey Mouse on the altar and say, please, Mr. Mouse, release this movie. Now we finally have an, an ad for it that features Ana de Armas and Ben Affleck engaged in something. They're just having a picnic. <laughs> They're just having a picnic. And um, I don't know. Does anyone have any other thoughts other than like to, to quote Tom from Succession, buckle up, fuckleheads, because this is coming in about a couple weeks. It made me feel very uneasy when I watched that trailer. And yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think back to Fear and the Mark Wahlberg, Reese Witherspoon scene. Oh, yeah. And that being in a movie. And now here we are, 2022. And basically that scene playing out in a in a preview, in a trailer. Yes. And that, uh, so... That's interesting. Just to just to go back to the bit though, is Ben Affleck not available to host the Oscars? Is what what is he doing? He has movies coming out. He wants to promote his movies. Let's get more Ben Affleck out there. I don't know, but yeah, anything. Can, can we get an? Can the opening of the Oscars be um like a Bugsley Berkeley musical sequence with Ben Affleck and someone in like a Dunkin' Donuts mascot outfit? <laughs> What a guy. Um, yeah, this I based on what we know about this movie, the trailer is, I guess, setting it up perfectly for what you should, I guess, expect to see. Yes. It, it is it is not it is not pretending to be some like family rom com. It is teeing you up for like you said, buckle up. Yeah. Like this is coming. Well, that wraps up the Super Bowl wrap up. Um, oh, I guess unless anyone has any thoughts on the Lord of the Rings show, I'm I'm sort of like many people will watch it. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at, and I like those movies. I was just a little bit like, oh, cool. So this this looks like you spent all that money you said you spent, Jeff Bezos, on this this TV series. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it seems like it's just been so long since we've had Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings in the discourse and it feels it feels right to have to have it back good or bad just let people have their lord of the rings that's that's a nice way for us to wrap it up well thanks guys for joining in this first episode um we can all take our drinks we've been saying and throw them over the bow of the ship and in our best gal gadot impersonations say doesn't that sound pain In in defense of Gal Gadot's uh, acting, her performance in the second half of the movie was completely inoffensive. Oh my god! <laughs> also, that champagne line was not the worst one in the movie. No, do you want to repeat some of the worst ones? There's some with her and Army Hammer. There's like one involving what does she call it? Her the the snake, the serpent, the serpent. of the of the Nile. Yeah, um, his penis. Um, yeah, yeah. Didn't love that. Also in defense of Gal Gadot's eye, and not that Gal Gadot needs defending, but I'll, I'll make another s- sports comparison. Like you don't, you don't draft a, an immobile quarterback for an offense 
that needs a mobile quarterback. Like what what were you expecting of of her performance in a movie where she's supposed to be like their dramatic lead? What do we what do we want from her exactly? You know, what what were we going for here? I don't know what we want from her, which is exa- <laughs> which is sort of <laughs> that's that's where I'm at these days. I I I think the best observation that I I heard recently about her is she's real I think the reason her Wonder Woman performance works but maybe she hasn't worked in other movies is there's something kind of like unreal about her and there's something about like when you see her in Wonder Woman there there feels like something off or or kind of artificial but it's it's because you almost can't believe this is a, like the movie is projecting this like godlike being and but I feel like when she's sort of ventured into playing more real people, then that's where I get the like cognitive dissonance of just sort of like, what is what is this person? What's up with this character? Like, why is this person behaving this way? I mean, honestly, I, I'm more puzzled by the casting of Russell Brand in a completely serious role. Oh, yeah, honestly, weird. didn't mind it. Also, it was him for like an hour into that movie. So I recognize Russell Brand, but I also 100% thought that um, Margot Robbie was in this movie and it was just her doppelganger. The star of Sex Education on Netflix. Emma Mackey. Good show. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up. Everybody go figure out uh, who Margot Robbie's doppelganger is and tune in next week where we might discuss Uncharted. That comes out. I think there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie coming out where they tried and cancel Leatherface. I believe I saw that in the ad. So movies are just really thriving right now. The Oscars are, are coming up. So lot lot to check out on the latest in the coming weeks. And before we go, um, also some, you know, some kind of sad news. Uh, we lost the great Ivan Reitman the other night, uh, director of Ghostbusters and Stripes and just a producer in American comedies during the 80s and 90s and um, we'll we'll just be missed and we, we like to you know shout out the greats here 